Hi, hi, Simon to uh, Tanse, um, Grand Chief Cody Thomas, and Siga Sun Maskeg Siko Chinia. Tanse, welcome to Enoch Cree Nation for the significant meeting between the Confederacy of Treaty Number no. 6 First Nations and the Government of Alberta. It is important to recognize there has never been a meeting with so many Treaty Number no. 6 Chiefs and Government of Alberta. Ministers in attendance, this I believe signifies the priority being placed on building meaningful partnerships. The Confederacy expects the government to invest in a mutually beneficial relationship with all Treaty Number no. 6 nations to move forward in a respectful and reciprocal way. And we appreciate the commitment from the government of Alberta as we discuss issues affecting Indigenous communities. Through the relationship agreement signed in July 19, 2022, we have committed to a productive relationship to provide a framework for collaboration and cooperation. Our agreement is sacred both to the Confederacy of Treaty No. 6 First Nations and the Government of Alberta. I've recognized that First Nations treaty rights are protected by Section 35 of the Constitution Act. The Government of Alberta has recognized the Crown's treaty, re, treaty relationship with First Nations. The GOA has also recognized its duty to consult Treaty No. 6 First Nations. This agreement also establishes mechanisms for First Nations and the GOA to determine joint strategies to address priorities. It is important we continue to honour this relationship and to benefit all peoples living on Treaty 6, Treaty 6 territories. As part of our discussion, we spoke about issues such as the addictions and mental health crisis affecting our nations. We are asking the government of Alberta to work alongside us in developing Indigenous-led cultural culturally safe healthcare solutions. We also spoke about Indigenous procurement and revenue sharing. We're hopeful there will be a commitment to a framework ensuring increased participation and partnership with Treaty No. 6. The Confederacy of Treaty No. 6 First Nations is looking forward to continuing these discussions as we build our relationships with the Government of Alberta. Hi, hi. Thank you all. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for coming. And thank you so much to uh, Grand Chief Cody Thomas for hosting us here today. I'd also like to acknowledge that we're here today on Treaty 6 territory. And it has been an honor for my cabinet colleagues and I to join Grand Chief Cody Thomas and leaders from almost all 16 nations within the Confederacy of Treaty Six, Na Six Nations for this pivotal meeting. I want to truly thank Grand Chief Thomas for his commitment and advocacy for Treaty Six, but also for being open and willing to allow our government to join their table. Because of the commitment of Treaty Six leadership, today we were able to discuss significant shared priorities like healthcare procurement, economic advancement, economic partnerships, utility corridors, housing, and many other topics. First Nations people play a pivotal role in every aspect of our province. 
economically and socially. And I speak for all of my cabinet ministers when I say that we are 100% committed to working towards equity and prosperity for all. The conversations we had today were enlightening and imperative to our shared goal of ensuring Alberta is a place where all people, including First Nations, are treated fairly and have opportunity. I can't say these conversations are always easy, but that's what makes them even more important to have. I'm excited for the future. And I look forward to building on this partnership as we continue working to make life better for everyone. And on a personal note, I do just want to particularly uh, thank Grand Chief Thomas, who has joined us at our emergency cabinet committee to discuss the Edmonton encampment crisis and has given us valuable insight, advice, guidance, support, partnership all along the way as we uh, ensure that members of, of his nation and others in uh, Treaty 6 territory get the supports that they need to get onto a, a life of uh, recovery. Thank you, and we'd be happy to take questions. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll start the media Q&A portion of this announcement. We'll be taking one question and one follow-up. We'll start off with questions here in the room. The mic is just to the left of the cameras at the back there before going to questions on the line. And I believe we have one person at the microphone there. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Daniel uh, from Wind Speaker Radio Network for CFWE and 89.3 The Raven. I have a question for Premier Danielle Smith. Uh, you mentioned that uh, during this announcement that you have sat down with the Treaty Chiefs of Treaty 6 First Nation. In regards to that, have those discussions talked about and circulated around the topic of clean drinking water within Treaty 6 First Nation? Because this has been an ongoing issue with Treaty 6 First Nation and along with other treaties, not only in Alberta, but across the country as well. So have those conversations happened during the sit-down with the Chiefs here today? Well, I can tell you my consistent message, not only to my, my cabinet, but also here today, is that years ago there was a, a, a principle established called Jordan's Principle that <clears throat> if there is an issue that requires government attention, it shouldn't matter whether it's federal or provincial government who steps in. It's up to government to step in and then work out funding arrangements after. And I can tell you all of my cabinet ministers take that seriously. So part of the discussion we had today uh, centered around economic corridors, but also building infrastructure. And we, um, we, I posed to the chiefs that if we could partner together on identifying areas where we do have shortfall, whether it's electricity, <clears throat> home heating, broadband, water, that we can work together, because this is where the expertise lies at the provincial and municipal level. If we can work together in partnership to make sure everybody is brought up to the same level of infrastructure, we have a, we have a, a huge interest in doing those kinds of partnership. When it come to, comes to water in particular, as you could imagine, everyone's very concerned about drought and what we're going to, to do to make sure that we manage drought. It's been particularly acute in southern Alberta, but the chiefs uh, made us aware that they would like to be part of a table discussing uh, water and drought issues and management issues uh, as we get into this, uh, this spring season. So it, it was a topic of conversation as well. Did you want to comment, Chief? Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah, that's definitely a dialogue that we brought to the forefront, uh, requesting to be at the table and, and bring some solutions as well. Um, Nipi in Cree is, is life, water is life, and we need to preserve that and, and protect those those assets because without water, we all wouldn't be here. And my follow-up question, you know, we you, you look behind you, and all most of the chiefs are from Treaty 6 are here present today. Uh, for both of you, how does this feel just to be here in this moment, you know, historically, because we've never seen this before, for you, uh, Danielle Smith, and for uh, Grand Chief Cody Thomas, how does that feel for you here today? 
Well, this is my second meeting with the chiefs, and last year was a lot more rough than this year. Uh, we had a lot more areas, I think, for us to be able... I, we're getting to know each other and developing a relationship, and that's one of the things I've always valued about uh, my collaboration with the, with First Nations, is that it it's not just a one-off discussion or a one-off um, event. It's going to be a, a partnership that, that continues over many, many years. So I, I think that with the fact that we established the collaboration just before I came in uh, into the position. And now we've had a, a second meeting and we're, we're building greater and greater partnerships and friendships off each one. So I, I think that there was an aspiration to do this more frequently. We had so much to talk about and so many uh, opportunities for ministers to, to work it with individual nations that, that we're, we're going to be making sure we do this more than once a year. Yeah, and I believe for us, from our perspective, it's historical uh, when we when we talk about water, when we talk about inclusion and honoring our ancestors and the intent of our treaty. This is meaningful dialogue that I, I appreciate the government and, and the chiefs partaking in because we have to contribute. We have to find solutions together. Um, 50, 100 years from now, our next generations that are going to come, we have to set them up to protect our, our, our water sources, our, our Mother Earth. Um, even with the droughts that are coming, we got to start being proactive together. So, thank you. Hi, hi. thank you, thank you. And I see one more at the mic there. If you can say your name and outlet, and go ahead with your question. Yeah, Aaron Sousa with CBC News. Uh, my first question is for the Premier. Um, Treaty Six was one of the first groups to sort of denounce your government's reorganization of AHS, saying that they weren't consulted and things of that nature, calling it this dangerous disruption in the midst of that ongoing opioid crisis that you mentioned. I'm wondering if you can touch on sort of specifically what sort of communication and collaboration can Albertans expect to see with Treaty Six in terms of healthcare? Yeah, there. I think what we heard today is that more communication is always better. And I think one of the other, um, the, the importance of having my, my cabinet here today was now each of these, each of my cabinet ministers can have a direct relationship with the chiefs so that we're able to make sure that when we make decisions, that there, there is better communication and understanding. Um, Minister LaGrange has done a tremendous job of establishing a separate Indigenous health uh, department within the ministry so that there's a, a single point of access that can go across all of the service areas, primary care, mental health and addiction, continuing care and acute care, and also partner with nations on delivering pilot projects for to improve primary care. We have a $20 million fund, so we wanted to let them uh, have the conversation today to let the the chiefs know that our doors are open and we want to collaborate because we recognize that this is an area where we haven't um, done as well in the past and so we want to be able to improve it and so I, I think that there's often misunderstanding that happens when you don't communicate so we that's why I think as we we're going around the table I think we committed that we've got to meet in a in a forum like this more than once a year. Yeah, and with the collective collaborations and, and the communication being at the table and having that opportunity to, to contribute in, in a, an Indigenous lens to provide solutions, who knows our people better than us as Indigenous. So um, there's some work to do uh, behind the scenes. you got to hear it from the horse's mouth at times, and that's that miscommunication isn't being put out there to actually hear it right from government, um, from the chiefs as well, some of the concerns. So. 
And I guess my follow-up question is actually for uh, Chief Thomas. It wasn't that long ago when uh, Treaty 6 was criticizing uh, the Premier's government for not understanding or respecting treaty rights. Um, and so after today's meeting, I'm wondering, is Treaty 6 now reaching a point where chiefs feel that the province, the provincial government, is actually starting to listen to their concerns? Absolutely. I, I believe having meaningful dialogue like we had today, it shows that us being at the table and finding solutions together and, and, and getting rid of that miscommunication and misinformation that's being put out there um, and finding solutions together for the province of Alberta and, and our nations and our communities of some of the things that historically, um, the atrocities of residential schools and, and the educational component, um, having that voice at the table instead of protesting outside doesn't get us anywhere. So we need to contribute. Thank you. Thank you. We're just going to go over to the phone lines for two questions and then come back here in person. Operator, can you put through the first caller, please? Don Braid, Calgary Herald. Hello, Premier. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, I'd like to respectfully ask the indulgence of First Nations leaders and chiefs there for uh, me introducing a totally off-topic uh, question, if I may. Um, Premier, uh, you know about David Parker's tweet last Friday. He escalated considerably last night in a podcast and made further comments and allegations, uh, including a particularly uh, nasty one about uh, Mr. Polyev's wife. And um, yeah, on a podcast last night, where he says you urged him not to go on that podcast, and you even told him he was crazy, his work, insane, actually, was his work. Uh, I wonder if you're finally willing to say a few words about him and his role and, and what he's doing now, which seems to have made a great many Conservatives very angry. Hmm. Well, look, um, I have to be absolutely clear that nobody tells me what to do as Premier. The, the people I take my marching orders from are Albertans. Every decision that I make is done through the lens of what is best for Albertans. Now, I, I consult widely, absolutely, but I don't take the advice of every single person that I speak to. Uh, when it comes to uh, him in particular, I look, I just don't want to be associated with that kind of commentary, and I don't want to be associated with that kind of personal attack and bullying. That is not who I am. Anyone who has watched how I conduct myself in public is that even when I vehemently disagree with somebody, I disagree with them respectfully, and I never resort to personal attacks and bullying. It, it, it is, I think it is beneath anyone in public office to conduct themselves in that way, and I simply won't do it. True enough, yes, I told him to delete his ex-account and to get some help, because I would say that those kinds of um, uh, comments are unprofessional, and it does not help to elevate the discussion in the public square. So I've been very clear on that. There's a, it, it seems sometimes, and, and, and Mr. Parker says much the same thing. He says, he says he's not your boss and you're not his boss, that's for sure. Uh, but then I see that on March 23rd, he's going to be appearing with uh, Devin Grecian, your minister, at a policy conference. I wonder if you, you will still be collaborating with him. You've been friends with him. You went to his wedding. Uh, are you going to cut him off completely? Well, you'll have to talk to Minister Drieschen. I understand he was invited to some discussion about um, uh, municipal politics. Um, I don't know that he's going to attend. You'll have to ask him if he's planning to attend. But look, as I've said, I, I talk uh, broadly and widely with a wide range of people. I consult 
on a whole variety of issues to be able to do what's best for Albertans. And I'm going to continue to consult widely on issues, but I've made it very clear. I want nothing to do with any kind of comments that are personal of nature, um, that are that are attacking in nature, and that are bullying nature. I, we, we just shouldn't be putting up with that in the public square. Thank you, Don. And operator, can you put through our next caller, please? Rick Bell, Post Media. Uh, good afternoon. I just want to follow up on my uh, colleague uh, Don Braid's question, questions, which I think uh, hit the mark. You're, you're distancing yourself from Mr. Parker's com- recent comments, but still it's not clear to me if you're actually distancing yourself from him. You've had a, you know, a, you have a personal personal relationship with him. He was very supportive of you in the UCP leadership race. He's been very supportive of you since then. He was a factor in this large UCP convention that you had uh, recently. I mean, to what degree are you, if if any, are you going to be distancing yourself from him as opposed to just his recent comments? I have told him to get some help um, because his comments are inappropriate and hurtful. And um, I, and I hope he I hope he does take that time to reflect. Uh, he doesn't work for me; he's not on my payroll. He doesn't have a position on any of our boards of directors. Um, he operates an independent organization, so he um, has to answer to that independent organization as well. And I, I hope they tell him the same thing. And and my supplementary question is. Um, of course, that independent organization has, you know, attracted, you know, they say they're conservatives. They've attracted people to the United Conservative Party. Um, what do you think the results of his commentary and being in the news in this way has done, if at all, done to uh, conservatives in Alberta? Do you think he's helping the cause, hurting the cause? It doesn't really matter that much in terms of the actual conservative movement. I mean, what do you think this does to the conservative movement in Alberta, uh, his his recent behavior? Well, look, I, I think people are able to separate out a conservative party from a conservative movement from a single person who makes bullying comments online. I think people are smart enough to see that there's a difference between those things. What what I value about the public square is good ideas coming forward and finding those people that have the best interests of Albertans at heart proposing good policy so that when we make decisions, we can make them in the best interests of all Albertans. That's what I think people expect of how public debate should be conducted and it shouldn't be personal, it shouldn't be attack, and it, there shouldn't be bullying. Thank you. And we're going to come back to the microphone in person here for one more question and feel free. Hi there, Sean Amato with CTV News. Uh, For the Premier, you've previously claimed yourself to be an Indigenous person. Uh, APTN did an investigation and found that that probably isn't true. Um, Can you clarify and and, uh, clarify that for us today, please? Well, you know, I have uh, two ancestors that my mother has wanted to make sure that I I knew about because in the past uh, people kept Indigenous ancestry a secret. So... Um, obviously, in this day and age, if you don't have uh, all the paperwork, then no one will believe you. So all I know is that my parents and my mother felt very proud of the ancestors that we have, and she made sure that I knew about it. 
when we asked you at the time, you said you didn't know for certain. Um, so I'm asking you why you would make those claims if you don't know for certain. Well, as, as I said, that in the past, uh, families used to hide Indigenous heritage because of embarrassment. And my mom wanted me to make sure that uh, we knew what our ancestry was. And so that is why I have always been very pleased that my mother shared that with me. And I'm very proud of my heritage. Thank you, Sean. And we're going to go back to the phone lines here. We just have time for one more question. Operator, could you put through the next caller, please? Matthew Black, Edmonton Journal. Hello, Premier. The RMA is saying it conducted a member survey identifying more than $250 million of municipal property taxes that have gone unpaid by oil and gas companies. It adds that there's only been a 14% reduction in fresh tax arrears. What's your reaction to those figures, and your, what's your plan to make sure those companies pay what they owe? We have a policy in place that companies are not supposed to be allowed to transfer wells unless they've, um, they've paid their property taxes. If it is the case that the Alberta Energy Regulator is uh, not abiding by that policy, then we'll ask my Minister of Energy and my uh, Deputy Minister to look into that. But that, that is the bottom line, is that if you want to do business in the province and you've got producing wells and you want to be able to have a viable business, you've you got to pay your bills, you've got to pay your taxes. So um, I'm, I'll tell you, I, I understood that there uh, hasn't been a, a total resolution to this problem. There are, are unfortunately many companies that are in a position where they are not able to pay their taxes because they're not viable, and we're going to have to deal with the issue of inactive wells and cleaning up well sites. So that's going to be another strategy that we have, but we need to make sure that every company who is doing business in this province are in compliance. And did you have a follow-up, Matt? I want to ask about uh, municipal political parties. It sounds like an idea your government is still pursuing. Uh, we know the results of the government survey showed low demand for that idea. More than 70% of respondents were against it. Uh, where's this push for parties coming from? Look, I would say uh, that one of the things that we've observed is that I know that there's been this adage that there isn't a right-wing way to plow streets and there isn't a left-wing way to take care of parks. And I think that if it was just focused on infrastructure, making sure people had roads and that the streets were cleared and that you know, there was water and uh, electricity infrastructure, there, there would be no problem. There'd be no issue around partisanship. But I think increasingly that we're seeing is this, particularly in cities like Calgary and Edmonton, that uh, they are very partisan. They are straying into areas that I think are actually provincial issues. They're straying into areas that are federal issues. And oftentimes that is not very clear when people go to vote for what the ideology of the people are who are, who are putting their names forward. I don't think anyone expected or anyone campaigned on bringing in single-use products bylaws, either in Calgary or Edmonton. And so having an understanding of what a particular ideology is, I think is increasingly important the larger these cities get. So that's the active conversation that is going on in our caucus and cabinet. And uh, we'll see where it falls um, when legislation gets introduced in the spring session. Perfect. Thank you, Matt. And that's all the time we have for questions today. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, everyone.